Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to you, Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. And it's been a few days, but you know how it is. Work, work, and more work. But now I have the day off. Matter of fact, I have the next couple days off. I will have the day tomorrow off, but with uh, news, more news coming out of, from the world of football and again. Camps already opened up. Uh, we had we had one preseason game already, which we will discuss here in a few minutes. Some outtakes from uh, from that. Uh, again, like I've always tried football podcast for those who are joining me for the very first time. I want to say thank you for doing so, and please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, and uh, anybody else that you got around, got around, and uh, listen to your car radios or on the internet or whatever whatever you do, please. Please come on in. Please come on in to, inter, you know, to uh, listen to the podcast. Again, like I said, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter, and that's pretty much about it. Um, please, if you got any questions, I'll do the best I can to answer them or give you my best, my opinion. Uh, if there's any fantasy football questions out there, please direct them to me. I'll be more than happy to uh, help you there, too. I mean, we're, we're here in August. Uh, you know, before you know it, drafts will be here certainly before you know it, uh, as me. I do several leagues, and I'm already preparing myself already way ahead. And I've always told my uh, viewers, I've had to my viewers uh, some time ago that you can never be, it's never too early to prepare for any fantasy football draft whatsoever. Uh, and those who, who have been with me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for welcome, coming on back. And uh, please invite your family, your friends, and loved ones. And also, if you got any questions for me, Put them on Facebook, put them on, you know, put them on Twitter, and I'll do the best I can to pretty much, um, pretty much answer them as best as best I can. Uh, without any further ado, let's 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 jump into some stuff right off the bat, and let's talk about the first preseason game. Now, I believe August the thirteenth, I believe it starts. More exhibition games. Now, the Raiders and Jaguars just played on Thursday Thursday night. And they will play four preseason games, whereas everybody else plays three season games. Of course, that was the Hall of Fame game. Um, uh, interesting game. Well, to be honest with you, it seemed like it was the Raiders. The Raiders pretty much looked very good. Maybe a couple penalties here and there, but they looked pretty good on the whole. Um, the biggest surprise of the night, I know, was you know uh, Josh Jacobs was uh, getting getting a couple series in, and this was kind of shocking because a lot of people feel that Josh Jacobs is the Raiders number one running back, and that's probably a fair assumption to say. But uh, Josh McDaniels wanted all the running backs involved. He wants them to get the to get hit like right away and early, early, early often. Now, the biggest surprise is Josh Jacobs because he was a starter. You didn't see Derek Carr, you didn't see Devontae Adams or Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. You didn't see, let's say, Chandler Jones. You didn't see these guys, but you saw a guy like Josh Jacobs. And there's been speculation, and there's been buzzing and rumors that maybe that uh, that Josh McDaniels is interested in trading one Josh Jacobs. But Josh has come out on record and said that no, he has he has no issues whatsoever in trading Josh Jacobs. Now, number number two series is Josh Jacobs looked very well, looked good. Uh, Josh, as we all know, is in the final year of his rookie contract, and the Raiders did not renew it, renew it basically. So. It becomes interesting to see how Josh Fernandez plan on using Josh Jacobs this coming season if he's not going to trade him. Now again, Jacobs will more likely be the number one running back, certainly. But it becomes interesting after that. Now, Josh Jacobs probably comes from the old Bill Belichick school of thought, where he wants to have a strong running game, a good offensive line, and that's Bill Belichick right there. And Belichick likes to use a puddle full of running backs. Well, Josh Josh McGann, I should say, he has that same, you know, same situation as well. You got Josh Jacobs, uh, Kenyon Drake, who they got from the Cardinals last season. He uh yeah, he got he got some carries in. What is it? Andrew Walter from the University of Rice, I believe he got some plays in. Uh the best running back of the of the whole night might have been Zaire White. Who Josh McDaniels drafted and who could very well be the future running back if you know if Jacobs does not return, and we're going to assume if we're looking ahead to 2023, we're assuming Jacobs will not return. Maybe 
you know, maybe deep down inside, Josh Jacobs could get traded. But again, Josh McDaniels said that's not going to be the case. Now, granted, a lot of people would want a Josh Jacobs. And the last couple of years, he's had some injury issues. But he's still a pretty pretty decent running back. And I'm sure there's plenty of teams out there that would take a Josh McDaniels, not Josh McDaniels, but Josh Jacobs, off of the Raiders' hands, certainly without a doubt. Uh, the offensive line looked pretty decent. That, again, the offensive line was a big concern coming into this year, and it seems like Josh Reynolds has him has him looking pretty good. And even Jared Stenham, former New England Patriot, a man that Josh Reynolds knows quite well, he knows the system quite well. He got off to a slow start, but he did he did pick it up towards he did pick it up towards the end of the half, and he played pretty good football. Now, my guess is now. Certainly, Sim is not going to start, but I'm sure he's battling for a roster spot. And I would assume that right now he has an edge on a roster spot for the quarterback because he knows the system. Now, Nate Mullins, they have Nate Mullins on the roster. Nate, to me, didn't look that great. So, to me, Sim probably has the upper hand, maybe in the backup role. He's certainly not going to start over Derek Carr. We certainly know that for a fact. But again, the running game, the running game looked good. We know that Hunter Renfro. And Devontae Adams are going to be the one-two punch. There's no denying that. I think right now the receivers had in there. They were trying to get. They were trying to find maybe a possible number three, maybe a number four receiver. And I don't think anybody really stepped up and said, "Hey, you know, I'm, going to, I'm I should be that guy." Again, that's an issue that I think they're going to have to address. But we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it comes about. Um, defensively, the Raiders played pretty decently. Now, for Jacksonville, there wasn't too much to, I got to be honest with you, there wasn't too much to write about. Now, their first round, their first round draft pick, Tavion Walker, Tavion Walker, looked looked pretty good in limited playing time. He looked pretty good, played the part in his limited time. Uh, he showed where he could rush, rush a passer, and yet looked like he could have had possibly two sacks. I mean, one, he got called for roughing the passer, but... He looked. He looked pretty. He looked pretty well. He, he played the part. He looked the part. Offensively, there was, there was not much to really. There was not really much to write home about offensively. Um, one young man, I believe, was uh, from the University of Iowa. Was a sergeant, I believe. He played pretty well. He might have been the best offensive weapon they had all night. He played well, but of course, this young gentleman is not going to play ahead of Jake Robinson. Even though Robinson still coming from ACL. And E.I. and Travis, E.T.I. right now he is, um, right now he's probably going to be the number one running back until James Robinson returns, and I guess they're more likely to have the team. But other than that, it wasn't a good night for the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars at all. And of course, Doug Peterson, the new coach, and I'm sure Doug, I'm sure Doug will get these guys going. But again, it's a situation, it's a new system. You got, you got new coaching staff. And Trevor Lawrence, they talked talk to him on the sideline. Travis seems to be geared up, he's ready to go. He's impressed with the, you know, the weapons around him. So it gets, it gets to be very interesting to see what Jacksonville's gonna be this year. Now, some people, there's even been a couple reports that some people think Jacksonville can be the Cincinnati Bengals of this year. I think that's a huge, huge stretch to say that. And the AFC is a, t- is a tough conference. Like I said, there might be about three teams in this conference that might not had don't really have a chance to make the playoffs. I would say Jacksonville's one, the Texans are two, and I'm going to say New York Jets is probably the other one. About the only three teams I don't think are in in, in playoff contention. Other than that, I think about it, I think the field is up for grabs after that. But again, you know Jacksonville. Again, you know this is just a preseason game. I'm sure Jacksonville fans or some of them are saying it's nothing to get worried about. The Raiders look pretty good, look pretty good. And um, and it seems like uh, their kicker, Daniel Carlson, who uh, for fantasy owners, keep an eye on. I know kickers are not the biggest thing in the world of fantasy owners, but of course, Justin Tucker just got a new contract today, or an extension on his contract, I should say. He is still the number one kicker in the league. But here's a guy, Daniel Carlson, keep an eye on him. If you get a chance to get him in your draft, do so. Dan Carlson, he looked like he was in midseason form. He looked good, hitting field goals uh, here, there, and everywhere. So, but 
Again, Joshua Daniels looked pretty good in his, his uh, Canton, Ohio debut, I should say, because that's where they played. And of course, uh, they said uh, Josh's uh, school was uh, not far from a, <laughs> from the playing field at all. As a matter of fact, he played. He has played in Canton, on that field in Canton, which is a great, great honor. But we'll you know. We'll see. Let's, we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, you can't take a lot. There's a lot of people say you can't take so much out of that you know, first preseason game. There's more to come. Um, but again, you know, the Raiders have, can hang their head on something. They got off to a good start. Of course, they got three more preseason games. And of course, you hope injuries don't catch up to anybody, whether you're in preseason or whether you're practicing. You hope that that's not going to be the, the case here. And hopefully for the uh, Jaguars, that will not be the case as well. Um, like I said, a lot of these guys, you're probably going to see time. I'm sure Trevor Lawrence won't see the playing time. Uh, I'm sure even the Raiders offense guy will not see the playing, uh, significant playing time. I would have thought that about Josh Jacobs, but again, I'm assuming Josh will play again next week. Um, whether Josh is um, on the trade block or not, that remains to be seen. Josh Daniels says that is not the case here, but you have to wonder. Is that the case? You know, again, you got Kenyon Drake. Zaire White looked really good, and to me, he could be the future at running back. I mean, let's say, for example, you trade Josh, you know, Josh Jacobs. Um, do you move Zaire's number one spot? You still got Kenyon Drake. You got uh, Abdullah, who is the, uh, a former Detroit Lion, Minnesota Viking. He's an excellent third down back. And then you still got uh, Walter. Do you trade Jacobs, and do you rely on those four gentlemen to help, help you? Again, that's a possibility. But again, the main only question is, if that's the case, where would Josh Jacobs really vote to go? Again, there's plenty of teams in the NFL that take a Josh, a Josh, Josh Jacobs type of running back. Um, one possibility could be, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? Now, I know it's a stretch. They do have Miles Sanders, and they have a pretty decent running game. It was ranked number one overall last year. But to me, Josh Jacobs, to me, is, is better than Miles Sanders. I mean, do you trade Miles Sanders for Josh Jacobs straight up? I don't know if that's, I don't know if that would be a possibility or that's even thought of. But you start going down, you start going down. Where else could you wind up? What about the Atlanta Falcons? Well, <laughs> Josh would be a tremendous improvement over where they got. I know Cordell Patterson had a good year, but he's not an every down. He's not a, a guy that can carry the ball 20, 25 pound games if he has to. Jacobs has a capability and can do that. But I don't see the Raiders making that much of a push, a push for him, for him. You know, you, you can look around, around the rest of the, rest of the league. And, I mean, what about, you know, <laughs> and I can't see the Raiders trading to the Kansas City Chiefs because to me, I don't think they're, I don't think the Chiefs are too fond of Clyde Edwards Eclair. I don't think that's the case. Ronald Jones is not, is, is a nice number two piece. I don't think that's that's going to happen. But again, like I said, the Raiders, it was a, a good start for them. Jacksonville, a lot of work still to be done. But we'll see. We'll see if Doug Peterson, again, if, if Doug Peterson get this team team going. And for football fans, football is here. And at least preseason part of it is. At least the camps are. And the NFL Network, there are, if you're watching me, I don't really get a chance to watch it much because of work, but if you do, continue to do so. Listen to them, watch tapes, clips. If you don't, you know, if you're a fantasy football fan, you've got to be, you've got to be like a scout. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, you got to be a scout. I know some people don't, some people don't think, you know, camp or tapes or don't, sometimes don't really mean that much when you're in camp. But again, that's how long you are. I like to see if, if, the, yeah, if the quarterback's on his line. I like to see the burst of that running back. Is it something? Is it something that I can see? It's it's odd things. The little knickknacks that can either make can give you a championship in your fantasy football league, or you come up short. I'm just 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 saying on that. But again, ladies and gentlemen, football is here. I think the next game televised game, at least in my area, is the 
New England Patriots and the uh, New York Giants, which we will get to those two teams here soon because we got we got to talk about some reports that are coming out of New England and the Giants. We will get to that soon enough. Now, as we're talking about camp, let's let's get into let's get into some camp camp news, and there's a little bit out there. We'll start with the Carolina Panthers, and yes, we'll talk about Sam Donald. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield. Now. There has been conflict now. The latest report is out of camp that Baker Mayfield seems to be playing a little bit better than Sam Donald right now. And people in camp believe that now Baker Mayfield is his job to lose as the number one quarterback. Now, a lot of people are not surprised about this. People thought that Baker was a better talent than Sam Donald. A lot of people felt that Baker would be the number one and Sam could be a decent number two. Now, Baker, I think Baker's had a good rapport with uh, DJ Moore. He's even getting a decent rapport with um with a uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, there's been a report that uh you know Christian McCaffrey's been keeping on a I can't say like a pitch count, but they're keeping his you know his stuff down in camp that they want him to be fully healthy for a full 17 game season. But it, it, for experts, it's not a surprise that Baker has maybe gone ahead of Sam Donald now. There was a report, of course, last week or you know last week that neither neither quarterback was lighting the world on fire, but now it seems to me that Baker now has seems to taken a little bit of an edge. And for the Panthers, it, it gets to be very interesting. Um, like I said, the Panthers the Panthers have a a decent defense. They're getting you know they're getting some pieces back. Um, Horn, their uh, top pick last year, he's back. He's back. So it is. Interesting. To me, the defense, the Panthers' defense is not that bad. There's there is talent there, potential there, but the offense is always been the problem. The offensive line wasn't that good last year. Is they made a first round pick on the left tackle that should cover Baker Mayfield's backside if he's going to be the starter. Pressure should be put on him. Christian McCaffrey is a healthy full seventeen games. I like DJ Moore. Anderson's not bad. But it gets to be very interesting. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you start looking ahead, ahead of the box, and let's say Baker plays okay this year, do you bring Baker Mayfield back? And you get Matt Coral, or you know, his third round pick from Mississippi, do you keep him, or do you like keep him around as a backup and groom him as your future starter? But you bring Baker Baker back for, I don't know, a limited amount of, um, you know, limited amount of years or whatever. Years you got his contract or whatever amount of money you want to give him, could that be a possibility? But again, Baker had played out of his mind, I think, more due to garnering contract from the Carolina Panthers. But to me, it's it's not surprising. People expected that Baker would would eventually. Would, uh, but people are saying right now that it's his job to lose. We'll see as time goes on if that is, if those reports are true, or not. Now, Sam. It's interesting because you got both quarterbacks on on your payroll for a significant amount of money. Now, it gets to be interesting. What do you do? You know, what do you do with Sam Donald? I don't think Sam's going to be traded. He's not going to be cut because that will leave you PJ Walker and Matt Corral. And to be honest with you, I don't know if the Panthers have that much confidence in playing Sam Donald. And let's say PJ Walker more likely be a backup quarterback. You know, stranger things have happened. Now, if Sam Donald got cut, would Sam wind up on another team? I think there's a likely possibility that he could. He's probably better than some quarterbacks that would be keep sitting out there. But for as right now, it seems like Baker Baker Mayfield has um, gotten the lead. And if fantasy football fans, whether that helps you with the your DJ Moore, you know, possibility. DJ, I don't think it really matters if Sam Donald wasn't Baker Mayfield with the with the uh, ball. DJ Moore is a very is a good young receiver in this league. Doesn't get a lot of a lot of recognition, but he's a top top talent. So for me, it doesn't matter now. The biggest thing for fantasy football fans, yes, Christian McCaffrey is is the guy that would worry about the most. Can he stay the full seventeen games? For the last couple of years, the answer to that question has been no, he can't. But again, they've got him on account. We'll see, you know, we'll see how, how that how that works out for Christian McCaffrey. 
and then 53 horsepower for you know 17 engines. Now for Tampa Bay fans, there is some piece of good news. Now, we know Ryan Jensen is pretty much gone for the year. You know, the there's the one guard spot and a center spot that needs to be worked on to protect one Tom Brady. But the piece of good news coming out of the game is Chris Godwin was actually seen on the field running a knee brace, but he was on the field. It is great news for Tampa Bay fans. Now, whether Chris will be ready by week one, that remains to be seen. But it is great news. Again, nowadays, you know, athletes have amazing recruitive powers, so to speak. Like some athletes can, can get back out there and, you know, several months later after carrying an ACL or having an ACL injury, you can be on the field in no time or never so it seems to be the case. I mean, it's the way modern medicine is nowadays. But it's good to see Chris Scott Chris Scott is back in there and um there was a clip running around last week of Tom Brady throwing the ball to one Julio Jones and it looked like from one pass in the end, like it's like Tom and Julio were pretty much in sync and that's that's good news as well. If Godwin is ready if Godwin is is right now question we're ready to go by week one, he's not gonna be hundred percent and I wouldn't expect him to be hundred percent with an ACL injury. You can ask Joe Burrow, he wasn't, you know, all, you know, it took a while for Joe to get get on track. But again, that's the way athletes are nowadays. Athletes are simply close to being Superman as you can get. And then why like I said, technology, medicine nowadays, second to none. The guy had an injury twenty years ago, his career would be over with an injury like that. And nowadays you can be back probably in, in, in months. This is amazing, but it's good news. For Tom Brady, because now Tom Brady's got Mike Evans. Now I know Mike Evans has uh, he's had a hamstring issue. Uh, I haven't heard it being terribly serious. Um, but Chris Godwin is is uh, slowly but surely trying to come back around. Julio, Russell Cage. Um, there's been de- there's been pretty decent reports from Russell Cage. Um, Russell came out. I think he was dinged up coming into camp, and um, but he's looking good now. Um, so the receiving core. It's going to be pretty tough to beat. Yeah, those top four guys, that is, that is very tough to beat. Now, speaking of staying in Tampa Bay, there's been a buzz around that uh, Brady was not too happy with Leonard Fournette and the way he came to camp, supposedly in bad shape. Now, overweight. Now, supposedly, but all word, the word is that the Leonard Fournette was overweight, but not as overweight as some people blew, blew it out to be. But I don't think he was too happy on that. There was possibilities that a young man was Rashard White that they drafted that has caught a few has caught some of Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, staff's eyes. But for me, for me, Fournette's going to be the number one running back, and he certainly will be a man that people will look at in fantasy drafts. Uh, Fournette had a good year last year. Uh, there is no more. There is no more Ronald Jones. He is gone. Yes, Gio Bernard is still there. Vaughn is still there. This young man, White, but Fournette is a name, man. I can see Gino still being a third down back. I can see maybe Gino, maybe Vaughn right now, spelling, you know, Leonard Fournette every once in a while. But I'm interested to see this kid, Rashard White. I'm interested to see what he can do in camp, which I'm sure he's going to play in camp. I'm sure Fournette will not play. I don't think Gino's going to play. It's probably Vaughn and White getting a lot of action to see what they can do. How the pecking order is going to be, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, it was good to see Chris Godwin out there. Spinning it off, let's go. Let's go to another team. And then, matter of fact, in their same division, New Orleans Saints. And for New Orleans Saints fans, I know, I know you you have fallen on the ground. You have uh, been looking up to the Lord above and said, "Thank you." Michael Thomas is actually is actually on the field. He's actually doing some drills. He's been catching passes, I believe, from Jameis Winston. So, my gosh, it's news. Michael Thomas is, is back. Now, it's interesting. You know, we know Michael Thomas is nine, nine times out of ten. He will not play any preseason games. But, again, here's a man that's missed about close to two years in this league. And when he was, when he was healthy, he was 
Sunset and best receiver in football when he was completely healthy a few years ago. And it's, it is very interesting to see if Michael Thomas can stay healthy and what he can do. Because if, if Michael Thomas is healthy, it gives James, James Winston a nice option. It makes his receiving core even better. You've got Alvin Kamara, who has him right now. You have Matt Herbie. Doesn't appear he's going to serve suspension as of yet. But we'll see. We'll see in time what, what transpires of that. But I gotta say, it's it's interesting. Michael Thomas is back, and again, Michael Thomas was at one point in time, as we say, one of the best receivers in the game. But it is great to see there is a Michael Thomas sighting after all. Now, the question: <laughs> How healthy Michael Thomas stays? Well, that's the sixty-four thousand dollars question. But I'm interested to see what Michael Thomas can do on the field when he is fully 100% healthy. Now, we'll spend, we'll do some more news. We, we talked about the Patriots and the New York Giants. Let's stay in the NFC, NFC, and let's talk about the New York Giants. Now, there's a case of good news and there's a case of bad news. Let's give you the good news right off the bat. Shaquan, no, <laughs> Saquon Barkley has, uh, has, has looked good. There's been reports, clips that Barkley is looking good. He has um, got that burst of speed. He looks good as just he did in his rookie year. Now that that is the case, that is the case, and that's the truth, and that is wonderful news for the for the uh, New York Giants. Now, Grant Barkley's had his has had his issues with injuries since his rookie year. He's been he's been hit by the injury bug. I believe he is again on his. Final year of his contract, and the Giants have not renewed his contract. But again, Barkley's not going nowhere. He's not going nowhere. Nothing. He's not in. The Giants don't have the the, the uh, depth that the Raiders would have if they were going to trade a uh, Josh Jacobs. But Barkley's on the field. He's running, running hard, looking good, which is great news. I know for fantasy football fans. I've heard early buzz, early buzz, and I've read early buzz that him and Zebra Elliott are getting drafted higher than they should. Now, I will agree. I agree with the experts on this one. Sometimes I don't agree with them, but I'm going to agree with them on this one. Uh, the, the biggest thing about Barkley, it looks good in camp, and that's all great, but the bottom line is injuries, injuries are a concern. And for me, I've been doing it for, this is my 34th year, doing you know, doing fancy, you know, doing fancy football. I'm a big fan of it. Love it. Love playing it. Doesn't matter if it's um, NFL.com, ESPN, Yahoo. Those are the three basic ones I do. And yes, there's like I know Fox, CBS Sports. I'm gonna give them a pl- give them a plug here. They all do you know fancy fancy sports. Um, you know, for me, I'd be very interested. Like I said, I've always joked around that I would challenge Matthew Berry, who we got to see Matthew Berry the other night. He's working for NBC Sports now, and uh, I wish Matthew all the success in the world in his new gig with NBC Sports. I think he's working with Rotor Sports or Rotor World. I think he's working with them, and I wish him all the, all the best in the world. But I've always, I've always had a thing where. I would love to go up against, I would love to go against fancy experts. I would love to go against, you know, some talk show hosts that are, that are, you know, talk football every day to see if they can, see if they can have success in fantasy football. But I know some, I know some do play it. Some don't give a rip about it. But it would be very, be very interesting to do so. But for Barkley, yes, Barkley probably is going to be overrated in a lot of drafts. And I'm sure Zeke will be overrated in a lot of drafts. And for Barkley, simply put his injuries. Um, for me, I've always had a philosophy. I don't like injury-prone players because they're too, yeah, because basically you don't know what to get. You don't know what to look for. Because if you draft an injury-prone player, then my I, I got this bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. If I do that, they'll probably get hurt by the first game of the season. But then again, but then again, my advice to you is let Barkley fall. If Barkley falls too far, or Zeke falls too far, don't hesitate to jump on him. But don't do it that early. 
there's probably a better running backs up in the dark room, maybe Zeke. Now, Zeke on the other hand, I think the Cowboys are going to rely on Zeke, or lean on him a little bit more this year because, simply put, because of the receiving core of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's as about as blunt as I can be about it. But it's great to see Barkley's looking good, looking well. Now, the bad news coming from the Giants news is Daniel Jones has not really hit the road on fire. And that's not a good sign. Um, some people feel that Daniel, Daniel will be the starting quarterback opening day. Well, first game, but don't be surprised if Terrell Taylor ends up taking over. And Daniel Jones is the backup, and he's on his way out of the Giants. And I got a feeling that New York, he will be on his way out of New York. Now, with that being said, there's a couple things. I know the the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon. Could Jimmy, could Jimmy G going to, to go to New York? Well, Jimmy would be an upgrade over Daniel Jones. He might be a slight upgrade over Terrell Taylor. I think Taylor is a better athlete than Jimmy G, certainly without a doubt. But I'd be interested to see Garoppolo could play a, could play behind and hopefully improve the New York Giants offensive line. He could turn him ball to Ryan Barkley. But I'm interested to see if, if, if that buzz buzz gets started. Now I don't think I don't think you you're not gonna do it right now. I can't see you just cutting Daniel Jones and going talking to the Giants about a trade for for uh, Garoppolo. Now the report is for the 49ers that Garoppolo will be held will keep on his roster until like maybe what August 30th and then cut him. That's one report coming out at the very last second. But the Jimmy the Jimmy G New York thing is kind of intriguing intrigues me a little bit. And Jimmy G is not going to the road on fire, but he's better than Daniel Jones, simply put. I mean Jimmy Garoppolo, at least he's gotten the team to a Super Bowl. Do you think Daniel Jones can say that? No, he cannot say that. It's a new coaching staff. I'm sure they'll give Daniel Jones every opportunity in the sun to succeed as much as possible. But then again, Daniel Jones is not John Shannon. Now, unless he makes a unless he makes that much of a jump, then we're all wrong. But I just don't think he's gonna make that jump and he's gonna be gone. I can see Jimmy G with the New York with the New York Giants under the right circumstances. Now I don't know if he would come in. I don't know if he would come in right away. That would be a situation, but I don't think he's he's gonna wind up with the Giants. Now again, with that being said, there's no Jimmy Garoppolo. And the Giants have the worst record league. Do we do we do we live that for the uh, the Bryce Young move, the Bryce Young watch for the New York Giants? Because I think that's where because if that's where it's gonna go, that could well be be the case. Now if I had to look at it, I thought they were the worst teams in the league this year. I mean, I, I think Jackson would be better. Houston could be Houston is gonna be an up and up and down team. I'm not hundred percent. You know, Houston, I don't know. I mean, David Mills, to me, is probably going to be a quarterback. But for me, the Giants do have the worst record. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bryson sweepstakes starts going for the Giants. And for the Giants fans, it's hard to believe at one point in time, you guys were pretty much in playoffs almost every year. You were in a, since a couple, you were in a Super Bowl here and a Super Bowl there. Where are having to build, build Parcells? Whatever happened to Tom? Whatever happened to Tom Conklin? Yeah, I guess. I, and I bet you, uh, Giant fans are wondering, darn, wish we had Eli Manning back. I'm just saying. But it'll be, but it'll be, but again, for the Giants fans, you have to wonder how much longer are you going to hold on to hold hold on to Daniel Jones? That's going to be an interesting question. How much is yeah? How much is this? Reach the leash on Daniel Jones. I'm figuring it's got to be a short one right now. If he does not improve, I'm sure Taylor Lott Taylor will take over. And Taylor Lott, to be honest with you, this stage, Lott might give the Giants a little bit of a boost. But I don't think it's going to be, it's not going to be a huge one. But we'll see. But for Daniel Jones, it, it does not look good, at least right off the bat. Well, the opponent that are going to be playing. In the first preseason game, the Giants are going to be New England Patriots. Now we've heard reports now that Mac Jones is not looking as uh, he's looking a little frustrated in camp, not looking as well. 
And a lot of people say it's not because of Mac Jones, it's because of the Matt Patricia and the and the and trying to be the offensive coordinator. Now, we all know this is going to be a recipe for disaster because you had him and was it Joe Judge? There's some co-offensive coordinators. Now Matt Patricia's calling the plays. This guy goes from being a defensive coordinator, mind you, and to become a head coach of the Detroit Lions. Failed at that. Now he comes back to New England, but he's going to be the offensive coordinator. Now, to me, yes, that was everybody's problem. Mac Jones has ups and downs in his rookie year, but it wasn't that bad. And to me, now again, Josh Daniels is gone. He's gone to the Raiders, and it's a huge loss for them. Josh Daniels has been a successful offensive coordinator in this league for many, many years. Now, Josh gets a chance to work with Derek Carr. He gets a chance to work with Josh Jacobs and the Devontae Adams and Darren Wallers and the Hunter Renfro's of the world. This gets to be yeah, this gets to be very interesting. But let's be yeah, but let's be let's be quite honest. It's gonna be a long, long year, but I think the New England Patriots, you know, because that's the case, Matt Trisha being offensive coordinator, I just don't I'm not liking I'm not liking the look. Now, the biggest issue has always been is the receiver. They don't have a receiver that can stretch the field. Now, I do like the Devontae Walker. I do like the I do like Devontae Parker pickup. I think it was a nice pickup for him. And Devontae is a pretty decent receiver. When he stays healthy, and that's a, a concern. They got other parts that you don't have. You don't have that Randy Moss, so to speak, on your team. You don't have that. The running game. Yeah, Grant Damien Harris. You know, for fantasy football experts out there. Did you actually know Dame, 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 Damien Harris was the number two touchdown, the number two, number two ranking touchdowns last year, and only Jonathan Taylor was ranked ahead of him. Again, a note. But again, Damien will probably again they'll they'll probably do a kind of a running back out committee. Damien Harris is still number one. Stevenson, which a lot a lot of people like, could eventually replace it if Damien Harris is the number one guy. I know James White should return, and they drafted some more running backs. And uh, for Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones, you know, got serious this all season. Can't can't great shape. Um, has played well. I mean, he's played well with receivers and his tight ends. But the bad part about it is, it's you know, is you got Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator. And to me, whether it's going to be him, Joe Judge, or Belichick will help call the plays. It's not good because you're stunting. Basically, you're stunting Mac Jones's growth in a nutshell. Matt does have potential to be a pretty decent quarterback in this league, but instead, what I'm getting a an offensive coordinator. You know, somebody else with somebody else's staff that could really work with Matt Jones. I don't care if you pull a young offensive, a young receivers coach off of somebody like Monster. They work with the offense and they know something. I mean, my thing is, if you want to make Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator again, I got no problem with that. Sounds fine to me. But don't let Matt Patricia be your offensive coordinator. Don't let Joe Judge be your offensive coordinator. Put them at, put them at the position where they're the best used at. Now, Belichick, you know, the last few years, Belichick has made some questionable decisions, uh, especially as far as the, uh, the draft goes. Belichick at one point in time, Belichick seems to be a genius when it comes when it comes to drafts. Now I know it's hard to criticize a man that's won six Super Bowl titles. Hard to do so. But again, I hate telling the England Patriot fans, the dynasty is dead and buried. And again, don't get me wrong, a great run. You may you may never see that ever again in an NFL. Some said Belichick wants to stay around long enough to maybe take a shot at Don Shula's record with those wins. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the thing is, Belichick is going to have to be get very close to the playoffs each year or somehow sneak in as a wrong card. Now, if he can sneak in as a wrong card, maybe things are all better in New England. But the problem is, if he can't do that, I would be surprised if Robert Kraft goes to Bill and said, Bill, I gotta have you step aside. I gotta get some new blood. And 
I got a feeling that could really be could really be the the case here. Now, it, it would be hard to let go of a future Hall of Fame coach because Belichick is. Let's be honest with you. Belichick's resume is second to none. He was a defensive coordinator yeah, for Bill Parcells' uh, team, and he had a you know he was the one that came up with a game plan to stop the Buffalo Bills Kagan Kagan team. The funny thing about it is though. I mean, it has time passed Belichick by to the point where he's now letting his defensive coordinators, former defensive coordinator, I should say, call the shots. That is something that appears to be the case here. And he, unless can less New England uh, becomes the number one ranked offense in the NFL this year, and we deal with that, we we're all eating crow and Belichick looks like a genius, but genius that he always is. But the problem is going to be is can he get can he get get back to that point? And I'd be honest with you, I don't know. I just don't see Matt Patricia. And it's a, sad because Matt Jones is a pretty decent quarterback. And I think this is one situation where owner Robert Kraft is going to have to step in and say, you know what, something's got to be done. Bill, you're gone. I need some new blood, new blood in here. And and you know. A guy like Robert Kraft, he might he might reach into the Kansas City Chiefs staff and maybe get Eric Benny, who's the new head coach of the New England Patriots, and let him help out Matt Jones. Now that would be an interest that could be a very interesting fit. I can see Eric going to New England helping out a young Matt Jones. I mean, he's done a good job with Patrick Mahomes, right? He's done a very good job calling their offense, but I can see Eric going there. Getting a nice young quarterback in Matt Jones. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know what the running situation will be in 2023. You got Stevenson. Uh, you got a couple of decent tight ends. I don't know how their season core is going to pan out, but it could get interesting. I can see maybe Parcells could finally step away once and for all to get rid of Parcells. And a guy like Eric Dewey comes in, who is an offensive minded coach. Could that be kind of the direction they're going in? Could potentially go into to get Mac Jones? Because to be honest with you, Mac Jones is Tom Brady's replacement. Now, until Mac Jones wins about seven Super Bowls, he's not Tom Brady. But Mac did, like I said, he did. He didn't play too badly in his rookie season, and I think there is certainly a little room for growth. But from, yeah, but. But it is not a good sign if, he, if, if the young man is aggressive because of, uh, because of Belichick is so much gun-ho that he wants to have Matt Patricia call the offensive, offensive plays, or maybe Belichick and Matt together will call the offensive plays. If that's the case, then you're going to stunt this young man's growth, and that, that is certainly a sad thing for New England, for New England Patriot fans. And for my Cleveland Brown fans, let's let's talk about this one. Um, what is the rumor now, Cleveland? Now that uh, it seems like this is Sean Watson debacle is not the only thing that's going on now. Now it appears that uh, Kareem Hunt wants wants out of Cleveland. I guess I guess right now Kareem Kareem is trying to get a, an extension on his contract. The Browns are not really looking to extend his contract, or maybe they don't want to give him one, or maybe they want, they want to wait around. Whatever the case is. But Kareem Hunt wants out of Cleveland. Now, there was a point in time where Kareem Hunt was a pretty good running back in his league. Matter of fact, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was one of, one of the top running backs in this league. And people can remember that. Now, of course, he got some off, off the trouble. He got some off the field issues. And they got him suspended. And again, they got him cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. Cleveland Browns, they took a chance on him. And the, and the chance did pay off. And again, Cleveland has maybe the best one-two punch in the league with you know with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which is to me the best one-two punch. Now I know Green Bay Packer fans might jump on jump my case because they may figure Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon may be the best one-two punch. But to me, Chubb and Hunt is the best one-two punch in this league. Now, for Kareem Hunt, I can probably see Kareem wants to be a number one running back again. Now to me, Chubb is probably like one A, maybe Hunt's one B. If, if you want to make that a fair assessment. But again, Chubb is the main man. 
and Chubb has done an excellent job since coming to, coming to the NFL. There's no denying that. But I guess, I think the long and the short, I don't think it's so much the money. I think Kareem wants to be the guy. And the Browns are not going to accommodate him. And I can't blame the Browns for not accommodating him. I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's done an excellent job for them. And again, in a way, I think Han owes Cleveland something because they took him because they took a chance on him where nobody else would do so. And it paid off. Now, for the, for the sake of argument, let's just say for the sake of argument, what happens if the Browns decide to say, you know what, Kareem, we'll see what we can do for you. Now, granted, I don't know if it's too late in camp. It could be to some people's eyes a little late, even though camp just started. But it is interesting to see. And there's not a team in the NFL that would want Kareem Hunt. But again, to go back to the point, is who, who would want who would want Kareem Hunt on their roster? Again, I go back to the Philadelphia Eagles. I know, again, you go back to the Eagles, are the number one rated offense, or the rushing offense last year. But I like Kareem Hunt over Ronald Sanders. Yeah, I like I like Kenneth Gainwell, but can you see Hunt Gainwell? I can see, would you trade Sanders to Cleveland for Hunt straight up and have Sanders and Chubb be the one-two punch? Now, that would be so bad. We just start looking around the league. What if he stayed? What if he stayed? If he stayed in the, in the AFC. Now, here's one. Here's one possibility. I don't think that's going to happen. And it would be like it would be downright funny if it did happen. What about the Buffalo Bills? I get it. Devin Singletary is probably the more running back, but he has not been thrown on fire. Neither has Zach Moss. They jabbed the James Cook. Which I'm interested to see what Mr. Mr. Cook can do, which I'm sure he's going to play this year in preseason games. And you got Duke Johnson, who's supposed to be the third down running back. But can you see? Can you see a guy like maybe, maybe you know, maybe you trade uh, Devin Singletary. Maybe you trade uh, Devin Singletary and um, maybe you trade, uh, like I said, maybe you trade Devin Singletary and maybe a uh, a draft pick for like you know for Kareem Hunt. I can imagine if Kareem Hunt came in and played for Buffalo. My gosh, I would be. I would like to roll on fire, big time. Now I know that the Patriots may, would. Patriots, some people would say, but I like Damian Harris. Stevenson's got some upside. He's not. He's not going to Ravens. He's not going to be a Bengal. He's not going to be a Steeler. No, he's not going to Tennessee because Derrick Henry and. I guess people have already seen the Derrick Henry. What was the Derrick Henry? It seemed like Derrick Henry seemed to be back to his old self. He's, um, what did he step on? He stepped on a, a helmet and broke it or something. And some tape, that's just Derrick Henry, that's Derrick Henry, Henry for you. But there are some possibilities where, you know, there's some possibility where Kareem Hunt can land. But for right now, I don't see him going anywhere. I think he's pretty much going to be stuck in Cleveland. And Cleveland. It makes me wonder, here we go again with dysfunctional franchise. It wasn't but a couple of years ago that had Baker Mayfield had him in the playoffs and actually won a playoff game for them. And it's sad because Cleveland has talent. There's no denying Cleveland Browns have talent. And trust me, I've got a couple of friends of mine that are big Cleveland Brown fans. And and for them, I gotta say this, your team's got talent. No denying that. I'm a Cincinnati Bengal fan and they know that. But again, I do see talent on that team. Of course, a lot of people are going you know, to shake their heads because they're paying Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed money for a guy that might be suspended for six games. And now the NFL has now gotten an arbitrator, a, uh, a judge to, another judge to hear, I guess not an old judge, but an arbitrator to pretty much hear, hear the NFL out. The NFL wanted a year-long suspension, but then again, I think they've talked to Deshaun Representatives, and they're thinking about doing a 12-game a 12 suspe- suspension. But Deshaun Representatives and have looked at it and kind of just laughed at it and said, no, I don't think so. So to be honest with you, you have to wonder. We figured that suspension is going to be longer than six games. It's going to be longer than six games. At, le- at, least, at least we're being told that it's going to be longer than six games. At least that's what the NFL wants. 
the NFL may very well get that. And now that's why they're getting Jacoby Brissett ready pretty much for the first, at least for the first six games of the season as of right now. I'm sure that could change, but as of right now, that is the case. But for Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt's pretty much, I don't see him going anywhere. Unless, I mean, unless Cleveland can look around. I'm sure Cleveland can look around and find somebody to trade, you know, trade, you know, trade for Kareem Hunt. But for right now, I think the situation is that he is going to be he is going to be a Cleveland Brown. And he's going to pretty much be uh, a backup to Nick Chubb. Or maybe he'll be Nick Chubb's one, yeah, one B, I should say. But again, it seems like more and more you read there's more and more dysfunction in, in Cleveland with the quarterback situation. Now this is a sad part. Cleveland's got talent on their team. Could be one of the more talented teams in that conference. But again, I'm interested to see. But for right now, Hunt's going to be staying put in Cleveland. And we'll see. We'll see in time if that's going to be a good thing or will certainly be a bad thing. Let's get back and let's talk about more uh, camp news, if, if, if we will. Um, let's talk about a team that, of course, we don't talk that much about. is the Houston Texans. Now, there's, there's buzz coming out of Houston's camp that um, it seems like the best running back in camp thus far has been one Damian Pierce, who they drafted from the University of Florida. They think he is really outshined. Berkeley is outshined. Well, yeah, American Mac. Now, to me, I'm not really surprised about this. Now, to be honest, Damian had a... Damian was a pretty decent running back at the University of Florida. I think there's times he... Yeah, I think there's times that the offense is not tailored to as much as the University of Florida. It was more like, let's go ahead and pass the ball. But it's not a surprise that this young man is uh, this young man has really stepped up and he could really be the number one running back when the season starts. And I don't think it would surprise me. It's it's interesting. You have second year man David Mills. Damon is your uh, top running back. Now, granted, Brandon Cooks is still still going to be your number one receiver. But a guy like Nico Collins is going to his what, second season. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a way, Houston could be building something there for the future as far as offense goes. But I'm not really surprised. I mean, Burkhead was never a legitimate number one running back. Mack, I thought it, Mack at one time was a number one running back for the Indianapolis Colts. And he had his moments where he played. He played good football. Injuries again have caught up to caught up to him, and right now he's trying to come back with the Texans. Now, Mac, I got a feeling Mac will probably make the team. Certainly, Burkhead will make the team. But I got to be honest with you, right now, this young man, this young running back, could very well be the number one running back for this team. And again, if you're a fantasy football fan, certainly keep an eye out for this young man. You never know. He, I'm sure he's going to slide because he is with the Houston Texans. And that's probably why he's going to slide in a lot of people's drafts. But if this guy ends up being the number one running back for the Houston Texans, I grab him. He's, yeah, he'll probably go late. At least I'm going to assume he'll go late. But if it's a late pick, grab the young man. I think he's got some, he's got some upside. Like I said, it comes from the University of Florida. The offense was geared towards passing the football. <clears throat> but we'll see, you know, we'll see in time how that, how that how that's gonna how that's gonna go. But to be honest with you, I'd go ahead if you can go jump go jump on the jump on the young man. I think he's got some serious some serious he's got some he got some upside. For the very last bit, I guess we'll talk about and we'll go we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. And I guess you've heard about this about this we'll see um he went somewhere, he did hallucinate, a hallucinating drug or something like that, you know, and he's now, he feels a, a rebirth, a refresh, he feels refreshed, he feels great, and all that stuff. Now, the funny thing about this is, is this, now, what he, yeah, I have to be honest with you, a lot of people thought that, somebody made this comment that, wouldn't that be under some kind of like, drug policy that Aaron Rodgers is breaking. Now, 
according to NFL's Tron said no that that Eric is not is not breaking any policy. Now now to me it's <laughs> you know people made what was it people made for years about players and, and the marijuana thing and of course now marijuana is now legalized in, in several states nowadays so to me it's hard for the NFL to to knock on that when to knock really on that when to be honest with you now that you've got marijuana legalized in, in many states now and it's hard to bust a player because because of that right but on the NFL they probably could now it's interesting that you know Aaron he's been going through a lot the last <laughs> couple of years um it's you know this what is it you know it's this is just a limp this what is it got tattoos now some figure that Aaron Rodgers is going through a midlife crisis well for me I kind of find it hard to believe because if Aaron Rodgers has got making all that money Aaron can buy it, can afford him anything if Aaron wanted to go out and buy him a motorcycle tomorrow he could certainly do that if he wanted to buy a Lamborghini he could probably go out there and do that too and not put a dent in yeah not put a dent in his fortune yeah so that's like that's like me going out let's say that's me if I had a midlife crisis and granted I'm 50, 53 years old myself I mean I'm older than Aaron Rodgers that's like me going out here and buying a motorcycle a Lamborghini or you know or whatever the case might be buy something that's something something that's totally off the wall but it does come a very interesting question that yeah how come this hallucinant drug is not is not considered under, under the drug policy. Now I know there are there are religions there are religions that believe in this believe in this believe in this stuff and um, that's going back centuries, right? I mean, yeah. So I mean, people some people actually swear by that. Um, to be honest with you, I've never done anything like that. Um, I personally don't care to do anything like you. I have no intentions of doing anything like. But again, it, it does form a good factor. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure there have surprised there hasn't been any more backlash off of this. I have to wonder myself if um you know if some you know if some of the teams or you know some representatives or somebody could say, hey, well, hey, wait a minute. How come Aaron Rodgers is not getting busted for this? But if not, but my guy could probably get busted busted for it. Again, I don't know how that would fall under. Again, I guess it's kind of hard to have it fall under that guidelines or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how that would work or how that goes. But it is, but it is an interesting question to ask. How come that um, Aaron Rodgers is going publicly and said that he done this? How come this is not part of the? Um, that's not a problem. That. Um, it's a question that's hard for me to answer. Um, to me, bottom line is a drug's a drug, right? Yeah, unless now unless it's a, a prescribed drug, that's a totally different story, different ball game talking about. But for this, Aaron went and done this. He is, like I said, Aaron's done some odd stuff in the last couple of years. He has changed. But again, again, Aaron Rodgers is, is I guess a lot of people experts are saying here is a Strange cat, right? He's not success. He's had four, four MVPs, but of course, Aaron Rodgers gets busted on for one thing: is he can't win the playoff game that he needs to win the most. And that is going to be a huge, huge, huge issue for them. Receiving coach questions. We have a good running game. Matter of fact, this is the one time when the defense is better. Is better than the offense. And that's kind of sounds strange coming from Aaron Rodgers' football team that your defense is actually better than the offense. But as of right now, that's the way it looks. But I'm interested to see. Again, the NFL has, has said as of right now they have no news to have. They do not plan on charging or getting or getting into that about uh, Aaron Rodgers and his hallucinant drug. Again, a lot of cult, there's cultures that believe believe in that. Again, that's you know that's their that's their personal opinion. Um, you know, you believe you know that's your culture. And um, Aaron, I'm like I said, I'm sure Aaron had to had to had some permission 
to go into go into you know to a place like this to take this drug. At least I'm guessing because the cultures like that they're centuries old and they take this stuff very very seriously. That's all we have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. See you again soon.